Uh, right now, let's talk TV. Dom Corrie is here. Hi, Dom. Hi, Jesse. I love it when there is a show that people feel compelled to tell you about. And on Saturday night, I got a text from someone who I haven't cleared this with, so I won't say uh, his name, but he says, Jesse, have you watched The Curse on Neon? I've just finished it. It's some of the most squirmingly awkward, addictive TV I've seen in a long time. And then there was the final episode. And he says, uh, I'm not sure whether the whole series was genius or just... And then he uses the word which I can't say on the radio. But he thinks it's genius. I'd agree with most of that statement. I don't know if it's addictive. It's it's You almost want to run from the room screaming watching this show. <laughs> Uh, but are you familiar with Nathan Fielder? Uh, only in the fact that he's a comedian and that, that, that his creative work gets so much uh, chat, makes such an impact that, that he comes across my radar just because he's in a headline. Yeah, or... he's, he's Canadian and I'm pretty, I pretty much think he's the best doing it right now. Mm. He's, there's no one I'm more interested to see anything they do. The Curse is his third TV show. The first one was called Nathan For You, which was kind of a riff on those we'll fix up your business type reality shows in which he created these very squirmy, awkward situations with real people. Then he moved on to a show called The Rehearsal in which he kind of took that uh, reality show dynamic with real people someone has took re- it to the next level. Yeah, someone has reviewed The Rehearsal on the show. It sounded like a great premise. Yeah, and his third show is The Curse. And what's remarkable about this is that he's taking what he does and taking it into the scripted realm, mm. which should not work. Yeah. Just the fact that they conceived of this show and thought it would work is remarkable in itself. <laughs> it's it's about this couple played by Fielder and Emma Stone who Huge are, star. Yeah, who are shooting a pilot for a home renovation reality show, but this is all actors and scripted and stuff in a in a impoverished part of the American Southwest. And it's uh, first few episodes you kind of like this is a setup for them to get into a whole lot of cringy weird situations. I I've taken to describing the show as if Curb Your Enthusiasm was a drama. <laughs> and the episodes are usually between 40 minutes and an hour long yeah. and the fact that the cringe is so pronounced when it's all scripted, it's amazing that, you know, what what seemed to be key to his comedic dynamic was putting real people in these situations. But it turns out you can do this in a scripted environment mm. as well, and it's no less cringy. Really? The show has lots to say about white privilege, do-gooderism, uh, reality TV show lies, all sorts of, you know, fun things to explore. But it's mainly just – well, not mainly. I principally took away – just it's a big awkward fest and yeah the guy hinted at it the final episode which just went to air you can get all 10 episodes on neon now uh, it really goes somewhere and it's hard to describe but uh the curse has probably had the most impact on me out of any show since the last time nathan fielder oh, had a show. Good. and it's definitely not for all tastes but you'll get a sense of it it's a slow burn there's nothing like it i'm just Stoked that it exists. Um, that's good enough for me. And and is it worth going and seeking out his other shows? Sam, our producer, says he loves um, Nathan for you. One of the f- funniest shows ever. He says. Uh, I agree with that. I, I strongly recommend seeking those out. I believe Nathan for you is on TVNZ Plus at the oh, yeah. moment, and the rehearsals on Neon as well. I think there's a real progression from his first two shows into this one. But that's a lot of homework. Feel free to just yeah. jump into the curse if it yeah. if it strikes you. You can go back. 
But uh, yeah, I I don't know how they made the curse. I don't know how they thought it would work. It's the other third main participant is Benny Safdie, who's part of the Safdie brothers who've made recent acclaimed films like Uncut Gems, that Adam Sandler mm-hmm. film, and Good Time, starring Robert Pattinson. They're kind of the young, funky Coen brothers. Mm-hmm. And Benny Safdie's an actor who showed up a lot recently. He was in Oppenheimer. He was in that Paul Thomas Anderson film, Licorice Pizza. Mm-hmm. He co-created the show with Nathan Fielder, and he's the third main character, and he plays a reality show producer. Mm-hmm. And just him alone, yeah. they've kind of styled him to look like Johnny Depp a little bit. You know, he's got like leather <laughs> wristbands. <laughs> yeah. And he's just this bizarrely awful human being yeah. but you kind of can't take your eyes off him and um you know you say it's cr- cringeworthy and, and you can imagine that in a show which is sort of documentary footage of this comedian going and putting ordinary people in horrible situations but i guess that must be a testament to the acting if this is a, a scripted show yeah and yet you're still feeling those same feelings as you know the acting i think great. of sasha baron cohen you know yeah. when, he, when he makes you watch these horrific there's a little bit of overlap there for sure and What's amazing to me is that they've sort of denied that they sat down and tried to come up with the most awkward situations possible, but I kind of don't believe them. I feel like <laughs> you're watching the show and like, come on, you had a list of, but it's all very character driven and the cringe comes from knowing what we know about the characters and, and Emma Stone is amazing in this. She's having such a moment. She's on screen at the moment in Poor Things. She may well win the Oscar for that. Mm. She's fantastic. She's just using her stardom to get weird stuff made right. and I love her for it. Yeah. And Nathan Fielder, he, his acting's kind of weird. Like, he he was sort of acting in his other things. He's got this kind of deadpan persona. Mm. And it's a bit tested here. And you sort of feel the edges of it here. But it also kind of works for the character because the character's got multiple layers of deception going on. And he's probably, the person would really be like that in those situations. Mm. And very hard to describe, but Just playing, blew me away. Playing the reality of it. Yeah. Um, okay, that's called The Curse. Great review, uh, and it's on Neon. Death and other details on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, this just started. I've watched the first two episodes. Apparently there's ten. We're in a boom of whodunits. I'm a big whodunit fan, and uh, those Knives Out movies have got a lot to answer for because <laughs> they've resulted in shows like this, yeah. Only Murders in the Building, Murder at the End of the World. This one, Death and Other Details, feels very much like it's trying to be Knives Out. You know the Knives Out films, right? Mm. They're these two whodunits that are kind of a throwback to... There's someone who grew up on 70s Agatha Christie adaptations mm-hmm. and is trying to do a modern version of them. Death and Other Details very much feels like the dollar store version of one of those. At times, sort of every few minutes in the show, I wafted from liking it to disliking it and back again. It's set on a cruise ship. And Mandy Patinkin plays the world's greatest detective that always seems to be. Like, wouldn't it be great to make a show about the world's 10th most greatest detective? <laughs> but, uh, and a young actress named Violet Bean is the other co-lead. And they have a history. When she was a child, her mother was murdered and he didn't solve it. And now they're both caught up in this locked room murder on a cruise ship that looks incredibly fake background-wise. <laughs> I can't tell if it's cheap or stylized. Yeah, yeah. And there's some other cool actors here. And after two episodes... It's kind of got me. I'm a bit of a sucker for these kind of stories. I didn't like Only Murders in the Building that much. It felt a little bit twee and same, and failed to understand how podcasts are made <laughs> for a show about the making of a podcast. And it just felt, it felt um, like a bit of a – I just didn't really like the caper humor. You know, the... I agree. It dragged its heels too much. It was a bit too pleased with itself. Yeah. But Death and Other Details, while chintzy at times – 
I, there's enough cool actors in here doing interesting stuff that hooked me and it's surprised me a couple of times right. already. So I, I will be going back. If you like Knives Out, very much check this out. But it's weird how we're in this huge glut of of delightful whodunits. Yeah. Um, and finally, so that was Death and Other Details on Disney+. And finally, Fool Me Once, uh, which is on Netflix. Yeah, this is the latest Harlan Coben adaptation. He's a thriller novelist whose books... Uh, have been adapted by Netflix into miniseries quite a few times over mm. the last few years. The last one I watched was called The Stranger. The reason I always pay attention to any Harlan Coben adaptation is one of my all-time favorite movies, a French film from 2006 called Tell No One, mm. was based on one of his books. And what's interesting about most of the adaptations of his books is his books are, he's an American author, they're all set in America, but they often get adapted overseas and adapted to that country. Obviously, Tell No One was adapted to Paris. The uh, Fool Me Once is, is set in England, and it stars Michelle Keegan, who uh, was a main character during the 10 years or so I watched Coronation Street, so I was kind of interested <laughs> to see her. Yeah. And she plays a woman whose husband has recently died, and then she's got a secret camera in her child's bedroom, like a nanny cam, and one day she's watching the footage, and her dead husband shows up on the footage and but she's kind of been seeing him around anyway and she's not sure if she can believe her eyes and then the footage disappears and it all kind of escalates from there harlan coben specializes in tales of families and suburban idol getting torn asunder by secrets from the past and it's kind of bog standard stuff but i've been really enjoying fool me once there's a there's a couple of things happen each episode to keep me coming Mm. back and I enjoy these these uh, sort of domestic thrillers. This one's got a bit more genre elements to it because she's an ex-army person who was involved in kind of a friendly fire scandal. So there's sort of violence in play to begin with. But he's he's just he does what he does well, and there's nothing particularly remarkable about For Me Once. But I'm being very entertained by him about halfway right. through it. So yeah, Dom. Lots of watching to do. Thank you. Thanks, Jesse. Nice to see you. See you soon. Dom Corrie is our TV reviewer. He also uh, is our film expert, too, from time to time on a Friday afternoon.